Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. To you, my beloved listeners, a'udhu billah minash shaitani rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Shukar alhamdulillah for another Saturday, another opportunity for us to educate, empower, motivate and inspire ourselves first before we can spread the message of knowledge to others, inshallah. Today, a very, very, very important topic, something that can never be done enough because it's still a very serious problem here in South Africa. Reading is still a challenge in South Africa. I remember when I when we used to have parent meetings at schools, um, often parents would say, but how can I assist my child at home? And the answer or the response from me and almost every teacher, I would say almost every teacher, every educator will say, read to your child. Read with your child. Make sure your child is reading. Read, 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 and then read some more. But the important thing to note that when you say read, what is your child reading? What is the message that is coming out from that book? Yes, I said the word book. I did not say tablet. I did not say any other device. I said book. Because when it comes to holding a book, how do you hold a book? How do you care for a book? How do you turn a page in a book? Those are important important life skills that many children seem to have lost or don't even know because they're so used to having their eyes glued onto a device. But what is your child reading? Is it beneficial? Is it going to empower your child? Is it educational? Are you monitoring it? Are you choosing books? There is still something called a library. It's still very much around. Have you taken your child into a library? Does your child even know what a library is? These are very, very important questions that we need to ask ourselves because sadly, in many of the questions that I've just posed right now, the answer is a negative response. Read in order to understand, in order to grow, in order to gain knowledge, in order to comprehend, in order to survive. And that, sadly, is still a very sore point in South Africa. So my guest today is an educational psychologist. He's very well known in Indonesia and surrounding areas. He has been the person, my go-to person, many times when we refer children to him who were having difficulties with various aspects of learning. He is Gavin Frank, and he's somebody that I respect greatly because I learned so much from him. We're always learning from Gavin. Good morning, Gavin, and how are you this morning? Welcome to Youth Talk. Good morning, Bibi Aisha, and thank you for that uh, elaborate introduction. But anyway, thanks. It's good to be here. And good morning to all your listeners. Thank you so much. It's not elaborate. It's the truth. It's the truth. Because when it comes to reading, even teachers, even parents, sometimes we hit a stumbling block to say, what more can I do? What didn't I do? How do I get this child to love reading? How do I get this child to read? And it can be very, very frustrating, Kevin. That's why we need you now, the expert in this field. Kevin, the sad truth, the sad reality, South Africa is still lagging far behind when it comes to what is expected on an international level for reading. Can you please elaborate further and share some of these statistics with us? Yeah, well, look, in, in 2021, uh, a large-scale study was done, right? 
It wasn't the first of its kind. It's done every five years. The last one was in 2017. But this one was mm-hmm. done, and it included the whole thing of COVID and the effects of COVID on breathing. And in that study, it was found that about 81% of learners up to the age of grade four cannot read with understanding. Uh, now, that is bad news, you know what I mean? Very bad there news. Other, there's, there's other features that link it because they also, uh, South Africa was the only country where 11 official languages were included in the survey, so it wasn't simply English. And of course, mm-hmm. the large number of, of below, I mean, the, the economically uh, challenged uh, schools were also involved. So yes, there were all those issues that came in, but South Africa was actually rated last. There were three other, altogether there were three uh, countries from Africa who participated. The other two countries were Egypt and Morocco. They achieved higher scores than South Africa, but they also had a problem that they didn't reach the target because the target is supposed to be 500 points to be uh, able to read with comprehension. There's certain benchmarks they give you. But all three mm-hmm. African countries uh, performed below the 500. In fact, below 400 is the part where you don't read for under- with understanding. Uh, yeah, and then there was also another survey done among African countries alone, and South Africa fared about, out of 15 countries that were involved, South Africa came in between about seven or eight, looking at different aspects. That's a bit better, that's a bit better. Mm-hmm. And the grade sixes in the international survey, they ended up fourth from the bottom, which was a little better than the grade fours who ended up last. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah, it's not just a straightforward thing, there are other uh, issues that link to it. The highest score was, was Singapore. Singapore achieved the highest internationally in terms of reading wow. with understanding. Yeah. So, Kevin, in your opinion, I know you stated some reasoning, you know, also many official languages, also understanding, you know, um, certain schools that may be underachieving. Um, but what, in your opinion, are the other reasons for this? If we have to think of, you know, an individual child or maybe, um, you know, other reasons, other contextual factors, why um, learners in South Africa are still lagging behind so poorly, like really, really bad? Yeah. Well, look, there's always a socioeconomic factor. The more advantaged areas do, uh, the children benefit much more over the private schools and so forth. But I mean, there's some schools where overcrowding is a serious problem. I mean, right now, there are some schools that have 70 to 80 children in a classroom. Now, mm-hmm. there's one of these schools are not too far from us. Well, I can't mention the school's name. But I mean, like, you still have some of those types of conditions, underfunding, uh, then there's also poor resourcing, and these are the, the non-paying schools where the children don't pay school fees. So their conditions are much worse. Then the whole thing about textbooks or readers. Some schools don't have graded readers. Some schools don't allow the children to take the readers home. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, then also the assessment. Children are tested on their word recognition. Now, literacy is not just about recognizing words, and, you know? It's, it's reading, recon- word recognition, but it's also understanding what you're reading. It's linked to the oral language that the child comes to school with. So some homes, uh, some children come to school with a knowledge of the language of teaching 
very poor. Say they come into it, mm. and most parents want their children to learn in English. So they'll come to school, and the English understanding is poor, so it makes reading very difficult. Because how do you remember words that you don't even know, haven't heard it spoken before, you don't understand the meaning? It's more difficult to remember those words. So, so it's weak oral language skills. Uh, some of them are slow to pick up what later sounds, word identification, right? Um, and the focus at schools, as I said, is more on identification. Then the other thing is the lack of involvement from parents. How mm. many parents get actually involved in their children's reading? Yes, it's easy to say, no, my child must read, you know, he doesn't read. Go to your room and go and read a book and that kind of thing. But it's really, mm -hmm. that, that, that doesn't uh, help much. You've got to be involved. You need to set an example, for instance. In some homes, are there any, is there any material around that a child can, any magazines, to some homes have newspapers. You know, is there any, are there any, uh, anything that uh, reading material that the child can benefit from? Uh, so parents play a big role and a lot of parents leave it for the school. In some cases, the parents themselves are not literate, so of course, or very literate, and so they may not be able to help, but there's a, there are those parents who still play a role in their children's reading, even though themselves may not be the experts. And then the other thing you mentioned earlier is the book and technology. And we need to acknowledge and admit that the ordinary book is no longer the most popular way of reading anymore. And it's globally, it's a glo global problem. In every country, mm -hmm. children don't read, read books as much as they used to. And so, Parents and schools have to make this mental change. That is a lot of, since you know, technology has become so popular with every second child having a cell phone of their own. How to use the technology to improve reading? Because even the uh, ordinary cell phone has a, there's a whole lot of, which I'll discuss later, ways in which uh, children can have access to reading material. And so parents also need to be brought in line to understand how the technology works, how they can encourage their children, so that that, that phone can be is a walk-in library, it's a walk-in encyclopedia. Is it being used for those purposes? Very important points. Yes, very, very important points that you've brought up. But I must admit, I think, you know, also how to handle a book. Reality that we know everyone's gone digital, but the basic skills of being able to handle a book, you still would witness many children don't know that. And that's a very basic life skill. Um, how do you care for a book? Um, you know, simple things that, that parents can also teach their children respect for books and resources, because obviously people are gaining knowledge from there. But Gavin, you know, how do you suggest parents can assist their young children to develop a love for reading? Because it's one thing saying, um, go and read your book, go into your room, do this, you need to do this. But do parents cultivate an environment where there is this love for reading? I mean, if parents are not reading, um, you know, purposefully, then how would their children develop this love for reading from home, from a young age? Can you please well, comment you further? You really hit the nail on the head. <laughs> How many parents set the example? How many parents read themselves? 
what yes. is there available for a child to reach out for if they want to board magazines? How many homes even have magazines? Whether it's old magazines, mm. whether it's new magazines, those those things stimulate children. I mean, the idea of a reading corner. Some homes have a reading corner where child can relax and sit there with their books and reach out when they, you know what I mean? Children will tell you reading is boring. But yes. books are essential. We have to, you know, like you said, it, it's important that um, they don't undervalue the, you know, what books are all about. And children still need to learn from books. Those are the basic tools in which they learn their reading. Uh, you know, and you mentioned earlier on, have, have parents ever taken the children to a library? And then the libraries yes. at schools, are they underutilized? Are they being used effectively? Because, you know, there's so much that can be done from a library. There are those parents who buy books, and that's fine. But a, a buying books doesn't give the child the amount of variety and accessibility to other books. Because remember, a child has needs to, in, to remain engaged. They've got to choose books that appeal to them, appeal to yes. their own interests, appeal to their own needs, what they need the book for. And some parents can even uh, exchange with other parents. If, if I mean, there's a, some parents in, in, in more affluent areas exchanging books with the friends, those kind of things. But really putting in an effort to make sure that the child does engage with books. And by being excited about it themselves, they'll get their children to be excited about it. Because children imitate yes. their parents. You know, I mean, the values they yes. have are the values they get from their parents. And then the now, other Now, I need to ask you something. Sorry. Sure, sure, sure. sure. No, please go ahead, please go ahead. With technology? Um, what I'm saying is, technology should be a joint engagement. It isn't a thing about giving the child a cell phone or he's keeping him busy, you know, he's watching games and all that kind of thing. But the parents themselves need to go onto the internet to see what is available, to see what they can suggest to their children, just so how they can jointly take part in activities. I mean, watching a movie with subtitles, that's one of those things. Getting children to just tape themselves on their phone. You know, children love those kind of things reading out loud and all that kind of thing. Yes. On yes. the internet. Now, Kevin, so... Yeah. On when, Sorry, you know, when you talk about reading with understanding, no problem, reading with understanding. These are brilliant ideas that you just shared. But also, like you say, how much of what is being read is actually understood? The comprehension levels of children are different. It could be in a classroom setup. It could be a parent sitting with two children or three children. That level of comprehension, and I think we, we underestimate how important that is because when it comes to times for exams, I mean, a simple thing, like you say, picking up a gadget, right? So, uh, it could be a cell phone. It could be a tablet, whatever. There's instructions to follow on how do you do this? How do you go to this app? This is where you click. This is what you do. So reading plays such an important role in our lives, but yet there are people that are struggling. So again, when children read, what are they reading with regards to, are they comprehending what they are reading? And what can parents do to, to, to assist a child with comprehension skills? I mean, I, I, would, I would guess the obvious would be, you know, when your child reads something to you or to his or her sibling or reads out aloud, and then you ask your child, so what did you read? What is this about? Obviously, to gauge, you know, if your child is understood. But can you give us some more ideas? Because, I mean, the comprehension part is the difficult part. You're reading, yeah, that's no. one thing. With, with 
Yeah. Look, I've seen a lot of very useful comprehension passages from certain schools. I mean, from the grades, there is uh, you know a few sentences, and then there are questions that follow that children go through. So they, you know, all the time they're giving that opportunity to question what they've read. The whole thing of paired reading. Now, paired reading with a parent who reads with a child. And asking the child questions about what they read, what the thing is going to happen next, and those kind of things. But you see, comprehension is the most important aspect of the reading. No, well, not the most important. Uh, word recognition is just as important. But they need to know. And so this is where, uh, you know, the, the parents need to provide that kind of uh, information for them to understand. And technology offers it. I mean, these days it's not just a picture. You see a whole movie yeah. of you and know about a certain animal, you can download it and show them exactly everything they need to know. So, you see, reading is not just about reading the picture. It's about building their vocabulary, too. And if their mm-hmm. vocabulary is good, when they come across those words, they'll understand it. But if their vocabulary is poor, they're going to come across words that they don't understand. And so it's going to affect you know, the, the comprehension of the whole passage. So it's again about enriching the child's language. It's a language experience, not just a reading experience, you know, not just restricted to word recognition. Really mm-hmm. building the vocabulary, asking questions, sitting in front of the TV. It mustn't be a passive thing. Talk to your child, ask them questions about the, what they're watching, just so that the mind is constantly, because watching TV makes children very lazy. Makes parents look mm, really late mm. because everything is done. Everything they glue so to, their, to their tablets or their cell phones. You know, you, you're becoming, um, like you say, you're becoming sluggish because all you're doing is sitting and just, just, just basically um, watching or reading, but you're not moving, you're not getting active. And, and that, that alone, you know, also um, affects reading and writing later when it comes to fine motor coordination and, you know, all those other things that we will be talking about next week when it comes to reading. But Gavin, I think another huge problem would come when you were dealing with teenagers and getting teenagers to read because now they're older, maybe sometimes the poor habits are already there. Um, what can parents do to change those poor habits or negative impression that children, uh, you know, once they've reached adolescence, that they may have towards reading. Because now when they're getting older, it's like, I want to choose my own thing, or I don't want to read this. How how can parents um, bring that love for reading see, when a child that, is older? That's the, whole, that's the whole issue, right? Is that uh, when the children are small, the parents are quite involved in the education and support and, you know, they visit, I mean, they go to all the school uh, meetings and all that, that kind of thing. They support their children. Why does it stop when the children reach the high school age? Mm. Parents have to continually stay involved in their children's education. You know what I mean? They talk about often responsibilities and you know, with a... The child is left on his own for his reading. So the parent will tell him, no, you must read and all that kind of thing. But they're not actually involved like they were earlier in the earlier years. And teenagers need to understand the value of reading. That it's not just reading parts of exams. The, there's the pleasure that you can get out of reading. And if parents are reading novels themselves and talking about it and encouraging, those children will realize, hey, there's something over there in those books that my parents are, you know, so there's the cognitive value, but there's reading for pleasure. It's also reading about yes. behavior. When a child has problems, how, what, there are books that can, they can read that will 
educate them on how to deal with the issues, how to regulate their emotions also. And also, it's an, an escape from stress. And teenagers, are, a lot of them are highly stressed. Well, we all are in this world, you know what I mean? Yes. And books yes. provide an escape from all those things. So it's really about making teenagers aware, being excited as a parent all the time about the value of books, how to cope in challenging times, how to find out issues. I mean, there's so many relevant issues that crop up. And if parents can direct them to books where they can find out more or programs that will find out more. Uh, so, and then there's the question Absolutely. about, you know, teenagers read anything. Should they be allowed to read anything? Because Yes. yes, we're going to be discussing that after the ad break because we're going into an ad break just now. But I just have to read this message very quickly from one of our listeners. Um, oh, ma, she's so cute. This is this is a grandmother. She's asked not to be uh, not to say her name out loud. She said, I, "You know what? Uh, thank you so much, Mashallah, for an excellent show." Um, so she's saying, "Thank you to you, Gavin. Excellent points you're bringing up." She says, "Last year, you know, she always goes through her her grandchildren's reports, and she's noticed that the reading is very poor. So she said last year." during Muharram. Muharram is generally on the 10th of Muharram. That's when we, you know, sometimes exchange gifts. And she said she bought a dictionary for every grandchild according to their age. She said when they opened it, the, the expression was, she says, priceless for her, but lots of them looked pretty disappointed. She says, by the time it came to the end of the year, there was thanking her because again sometimes you know in school you need your dictionary when it's exams and she said mm, why not consider buying your child a dictionary so when they're reading and they don't know what the word means they can use it and also teach your children dictionary skills this is such a cute grandmother kevin i think it's an excellent yeah, idea sure. we're going to be talking more about it after the ad break my beloved listeners please don't go away assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you my beloved listeners Today we're talking about reading is still a challenge in South Africa and my guest is very well-known educational psychologist Mr. Kevin Frank. Often in my teaching career I have referred learners to Mr. Kevin Frank and I remember you know when it comes to to referrals there's always this report back that needs to be given where there are suggestions from Kevin that I as a teacher needed to implement in the classroom as well as what parents were advised to do at home that always reminds me of why it's so important important for me to say what I'm going to say now is that as a parent that's listening in today, as a teacher that's listening in today, as principals that are listening in today, every child is our child. There's no such thing as them and us. We are all on the same team. If, if there's a child at home who's struggling to read, parents, please approach the teachers and ask them for suggestions and work together. If after doing so and there's a problem again and you need to seek the assistance of an educational psychologist whether it's via the school or it's done privately please do so but don't ignore it because when a child has a problem with reading from a young age it's only going to escalate when the child gets older making learning uh, uh, something that's not going to be very pleasurable for your child and it's not 
anything any parent wants to see where a child starts hating going to school a child performs really really badly and all of this could be solved if parents and teachers work together and identify problems early remember there's no such thing as a problem that cannot be solved when it comes to learning there's a solution for everything we just need to be present we just need to be engaged and that's where gavin spoke about parental involvement also also my beloved listeners think about this when it comes to reading do you read to your child do you read with your child do you listen when your child is reading are you asking questions does your child even know what the word title means does your child know the what a person who writes a book is called all these basic conversations start when a child's at home and also it's the beginning of developing a love for reading just simple simple activities that you can do at home but remember it's not that them and us we need to work together so if you get a phone call from a teacher or you get a phone call from the, the head of department at the school saying we need to discuss your child's report remarks your child is having difficulty with reading please remember work together to find a solution kevin 10 exclamation marks after that What is your view? Yeah, yeah, no. Kind of like a true teacher, right? Yeah, no, no. Work. It, it's uh, partnerships with the, the school. It's not us and them again. You know what I mean? And you go to the school to find out how you and the teacher can work together to help your child. Teachers get a thrill out of when the children do well and when they make progress. Parents get a thrill as well. It's just that sometimes when there's a complaint, immediately the defense is up and they're ready to go, you know, uh, how do we tackle yes. this and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not always a positive thing. And the child loses out if the parents are not working together. There's so much more you can get out of it when they work together. Uh, you know, just to go back to the teenager story. Mm. Uh, we didn't cover, I know there isn't in, enough time to cover the topic. No, please go ahead. But you know, like uh, with, with teenagers, look, there is this whole issue of um, teenagers, which is difficult. It's not an, it's easy for me to just sit here and give advice, but parents know the difficulty of trying to motivate teenagers. And a lot of that is linked to the whole upbringing, the whole situation at home. And I mean, there's some homes where communication isn't very good. And so that has to be dealt with before you can get through on the reading story. But it's also, teenagers are competing, you know, they, they're limited in terms of time. And then they, they, they leisure time. They've got a choice between a book and uh, doing other more interesting yeah. things. And they hooked yes. on their phones. So the, the whole idea of what is available on the net for them in terms of reading is unbelievable. Look, they have things like um, what, WhatsApp. But it's not called WhatsApp, it's called a WhatsApp. You know what I mean? Mm. Where they can read and write stories on the net. And it's very exciting. I mean, there's something called a Bookstagram, which is wow. linked to Instagram. And they can join this, this group. They'll communicate with a whole lot of other children. They can, you know, they have to provide a handle. They can include music. They can write stories themselves. They can share stories with other people. It becomes a whole social thing, but it's all focused around reading. There's other, so mm -hmm. like I said, there's Instagram. Uh, there's also BookTok. It's 
named after TikTok. Uh, you okay. know, like there's another way. And why? So these programs are, oh. are there available, and if the parents get to know about these things, they can introduce their children to it, and the children enjoy it because it's really the whole experience of multimedia included yes. in the reading process, and especially for teenagers. Well, you can do it with the younger children too. They love it. But it's really about doing as a parent whatever you need to do instead of just, uh, you know, saying all the right things. You've got to actually get involved. Yeah, okay, I'll stop and there. Then I want to ask you something, okay? I, um, you know, we were going to talk about the granny who gave all her grandchildren a dictionary. I think that's such a brilliant idea. I really do. But I must... Um, what are your thoughts on that before I go on to the next question? Because also, you know, sometimes when you, you want to gift um, something to your grandchild or to your children, you know, maybe they're doing well at school or you just want to buy them a random present, why not give them a book? Why are books supposed to be boring? They're not supposed to be boring. So what are your thoughts on, you know, on um, developing this love for reading where, again, you know, parents can go into a bookstore together and, you know, choose a book. These are just my guidelines. Please, you can add on. Um, you know, you know your child's hobbies or you should be knowing that because you're communicating. Maybe your child um, has this love for a particular sport. So maybe there's a sporting book or maybe your child has this, um, you know, love for, for something related to technology and there's books on that. Um, so what, are you, what, what other advice can you share with parents um, you know, when, when choosing books for their children, but sometimes it is much more special to let this child, whether it's a younger child or a teenager, choose their own gift rather than you giving something. Yes, get them involved. That's the truth. If you need to know your child, of course, you. the whole idea is to keep encouraging them to read and, and letting them know how exciting it is. But I mean, I remember growing up with soccer magazines. And these days, yes. children still love Manchester United, Liverpool, and all that. And there are magazines that are available. And the, these youngsters will get so involved in it all because it's their stars that they're reading about all the time. But, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, making sure you know the child so that you know what he hmm. needs, what are his interests, and the things, and allowing him part, you know, a pro, a, the, the choice. Involving him in the choice of books that you're going to buy him. Maybe buy him a book voucher. But Kevin, I need to ask you. There we go. Yes, please go ahead. the dictionary. Now you spoke about the dictionary. I just want to comment on that. Dictionary, yes. While I I was emphasizing technology, but I mean, in the world we're loving in, we need books as well. We need dictionaries. We need encyclopedias. Yes, Google has a instant uh, kind of a dictionary that you can apply to. But I mean, you know how many days we sit without lights and books are there. Yes. I got a friend, every time the lights go off, he pulled out his novels and he reads so yes. the two hours are over and that. But books are, we, we need them in our lives. And that what that grandmother did is a, another way of showing them how valuable books are. And those children must have given it a thought and realized. And one day they look back at it and realize how important books were. Absolutely. So those things are, are very useful. Now, Gavin, you know, when it comes to, to identifying that your child uh, may have a problem with reading, that can be very confusing for parents because we all know that children develop at different milestones, although you can have sort of a broad idea of what a child's supposed to be doing or progressing academically and holistically at a certain age. But when a parent is, you know, observing her 
child or his child and notices something is not right here with reading, right? What what would be the signs where a child is struggling? The obvious would be where the child cannot pronounce words, um, you know, and the child's having problems decoding, encoding. But, but you know, um, okay, let me, let me rather phrase it this way. At what point should a parent say, my child is really having a problem with reading and, you know, consider coming to someone like yourself as an educational psychologist or others. I just want to give you one example, you know, um, Gavin, I'd like to share it with you and our beloved listeners as well. I remember somebody that I've taught many years ago um, who was really struggling with reading. This little boy, um, you know, tried so hard but was really struggling. And at one point, you know, in consultation with the parents, the parents also picked that up. So, so basically, mutually, we saw or something's not um, gelling well here. And believe it or not, when the mom said, you know, she's going to take this child for a routine eye checkup, and that's what they picked up. The child wasn't able to, to visualize um, as well as expected at that age. So it wasn't like really a need for just glasses. It was specific where this child was having this difficulty. Can you believe it? So maybe, you know, uh, again, there's, there's other ways, you know, there's always, it's not always the hard and fast and it has to be this, it, like, like a child is not someone who can just, um, you don't have a checklist, you know, everyone, it doesn't conform to their checklist. So I, what are your thoughts? No, definitely. Look, I mean, there's so many things, even not hearing clearly can affect your reading because it affects your speech, your oral language, and it will affect your reading. So, but if a parent is working with a child or observing observant about it all they can pick it up even teachers pick it up you know that there are some serious problems look some children have a problem with well they talk about dyslexia but dyslexia is a very strong word and it's sometimes yes. often misused but children do have difficulty with reading and i mean like the only problem is like when COVID came along it affected everyone especially the weaker ones so the child may not have had a problem with reading but where you attend school only for half the year, you know, that rotational, it affected yes. children throughout the world. But the old COVID epidemic. But I mean, mm. they have children who have difficulties. Sometimes it's anxiety that affects him. You know, now, now children are struggling to read, need encouragement and support. And I mean, emotionally, sometimes children are scared to take chances with reading because they're going to be embarrassed and teased about it. So there's those issues that come into it all the time. Uh, you know, so if the child, and the child does have a reading problem, if you see, you try and you try a lot of things, some children just forget. Some children have an mm. attention problem. And because they can't focus and maintain concentration, it does affect their reading. They might be bright in other ways. So again, when a parent notices that, it's good to do something about it. Now, the education department does provide a lot of support in terms of psychologists and testing uh, you know and so so to try and make it's just that they also overwork because there's so few of them and there's so many schools they got to deal with but uh, again referring the child if you can't afford it to the school psychologist and if you can't afford it do something about it especially if you pick it up while the child is young there's so much more that can be done I well, come I want to ask you, right? to the secondary school and then you know and yes. it's so late by then but you know if, if it was picked up earlier a lot more could have been done 
Now, Kevin, what would um, a visit to an educational psychologist be like with regards to testing for reading competence? If you can just give us an idea. So, you know, parents that are listening in would know what to expect or if they feel that my child needs to see uh, how a reading therapist or an educational psychologist can assist. So what would a test like that consist of? Now, now look, in a, in a psychoeducational assessment, we do an IQ assessment. So the IQ assessment will test a whole lot of aspects of the child's cognitive, in other words, his thinking skills. Short-term memory, mm -hmm. long-term memory. The vocabulary is built up after so many years. Sequencing, discrimination, a number of areas, right? So we get an IQ score which tells us, okay, the child has the capability at this level. He's, you know, he's, he's capability. It's not what's happening in the class, but what he's capable of. Then we do the mm -hmm. reading tests. Now, the reading tests would involve word recognition, single words. And then we also give them another other tests where they read passages and we ask them questions about what they read. We check the, the rate at which they're reading, how accurate they are, and how many of the comprehension questions that they understand. There's also a spelling test. There's other tests like a visual memory of words test. There's um, the Whitman where you're discriminating between different sounds in words. So it's all linked around language, but the focus on reading. And then we compare that to his IQ score to see whether the child has a, a learning problem or is he really underachieving in terms of reading, in terms of his capability and what's happening in the class, is there a big gap? And from there, we are able to advise the parent on what support the child needs. And, and you know, so, so that's in a nutshell. Uh, what we would do in terms of reading. And Even, then, of course, you know, there are suggestions of how parents can help. One of the things we always recommend is paired reading. It's a very simple yes. method where the parent reads with the child and then the child reads alone. And every time the child makes a mistake, the parent reads with them. But they don't criticize, they just encourage and support. And you can ask questions. And it only lasts 10 minutes a day. But it's one of those things with a, that helps a child to develop a love for reading. It helps a child to know that it's okay if they make mistakes, the whole world is not going to come down on them. And, uh, you know, so it's pure pleasure. So they build a confidence in them. And so that's one of the things. But, I mean, there's a lot of ways that parents can just help children, depending on the aspect of reading. If it's a vocabulary problem, so you talk about enrichment exercises. Uh, and if it's uh, word recognition, I mean, the thing, whole thing about phonics and old sight words and those kind of things. But sometimes a child does have a problem with reading and with spelling. And then mm. there are ways in which they can still be accommodated at school if their IQ levels are average or above average. Now, now I'm using the word IQ, which is also come up for debate in terms of whether it's uh, the, you know, but at the moment, it's yes, one of the two. Yes, the IQ and available. the EQ debate. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, so if a child has an average IQ or above average IQ, but he cannot read or spell, then he is allowed a scribe and a reader right up to matric level and even at university level. Of course, uh, they are screened properly. It's not just given uh, handed out to every child who says they can't read. They have to undergo a full uh, psychoeducational assessment. But I've got a child who's at uh, a college learning, you know, he's training to become some professional, but he's still allowed the concession because he cannot read. And, and now they even have 
computer programs where the test, uh, the, whatever text is there, it can be played. Uh, you know, uh, a, a spoke the spoken word can it can be converted to a spoken word on the computer. Yes. And there are some programs where you can speak into the computer and it converts it to print. But again, it's only well, given to those children with the average IQ so that they can, because a lot of children can learn the facts. They are capable yes. of learning the yes. facts, except the reading and writing keeps them back. So <laughs> that, that accommodation is allowed. I'm not sure how many parents have used of it, but more and more yes. children are starting to use it. And they even use it for like things like panic attacks and anxiety. Oh. They allowed extra mm. time during an exam, or they they, they overlook all the spelling errors. But of course, for the language itself, they don't allow too many concessions because they they have to. Check. Kevin, I have to ask you this very important question before we round off. And uh, you know, this is something that that lots of young children seem to struggle with when it comes to the certain blends uh, in our English language, like you know, the silent letter, like you know, for the word. Um, um, who w h right um so how is it now who right um the word uh, like like the the sound of k n for nut so you know sometimes you'll get children saying knut or were right so can you yeah. please give that explanation because a lot of parents um struggle as well they're like you know when my child asks me this how do i say this is what the sound is like because it can be confusing especially for young children who you are very curious you know they want to know lots and lots of things so can you please explain what would be the best way to to explain to a child that p and h makes you know um per or sometimes psychologists like say the word psychologist why is the p there the silent um letter please yeah now you see they need to understand first of all that the english language is has a lot of rules but there's also a lot of times where the rules are cast aside and because they borrowed words from other languages so it's a thing where rules do apply, and sometimes there are exceptions to the rules. The rules don't apply. So instead of working with the normal phonics like, uh, mm, you know, like in yes. a word like not, as you said, or no, you teach them the blend itself. You know what I mean? And in, instead of phonics, mm. the emphasis is on phonemes. Now, yes. phonemes doesn't mean, isn't the same as phonics, but it's similar. It's where a number of different ways in which you can get the same sound. Like, for instance, if you're looking at the word, the letter A. It's an A. So it's A for apple. But in other words, it'll be have an A sound. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and when it combined with other sounds, you know, the, 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 the sound. So you'll have a group of sounds that are spelled differently. It may be the same sound but it'll spell, be spelled differently. Like for instance, or, court. You can yes. get court, A-U-G-H, it has an O sound. Yes. You can get four, which has an O-R sound. Uh, you know, so so that O sound is, a, a, like I said, a few different ways of getting that sound. The R sound, A-R, mm. A, mm. U, all those different letter combinations will give you that sound. So instead of teaching the child just the phonic sound, they need to learn there's this phonemes, which is groups of uh, groups of different ways of producing that sound. Kevin Frank, it's been an absolute pleasure. 
Yes, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry to cut you. We've um, unfortunately reached the end of today's show. But next week, you know, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on air with me. Um, next week, we will be talking about writing. Because obviously, reading and writing are very, very closely related. So we can just do like a recap of what we've discussed today, next week, briefly, and then go into writing. Kevin, may you be blessed with continued success. And may you be rewarded for educating, empowering, motivating, and inspiring not just me as a as a teacher but you know everyone who works with you everyone who knows you and to many of the youth who have benefited from your knowledge um i know they're obviously very grateful to you i know i'm very grateful from so much that i've learned from you may you be blessed always thank you so much um kevin frank next week saturday um same time same place we will be talking about writing my beloved listeners read 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 and then read 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 some more and then read even more Teach your children to read with understanding. Engage with your children. These are opportunities for you to be communicating. These are opportunities for you to find out what are your child's interests. Have their interests changed? What can you do with your child together? Maybe you realize that, oh, you know, I really have this interest in in uh, maybe bird watching or maybe gardening or maybe a particular sport. And so does my son or daughter. So maybe we can start reading together and finding out more and doing a activities together so whatever opportunity that you can have to make learning fun because that is what learning is supposed to be learning is not a form of punishment it's a form of growth it's a form of development it's a form of survival and how do we make it exciting and also use this period to bond with your child bond with your child by reading a book you know ramadan is approaching alhamdulillah learn um, new things that we can you know use to change our lives learn about our the seerah of our beloved Nabi muhammad wasalam, the sunnah of our beloved Nabi muhammad wasalam, buy books for your children about the sunnah of Nabi muhammad wasalam, and the prophets of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala read to them let them read to you do daily talim and learn from each other but never underestimate estimate the power of reading inshallah until we speak again next week saturday please kindly remember us in your duas as you are always in our duas as well jazakallah khairan assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh